Blog Talk Radio. Rolling. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. Uh, we are your host, Bryant McCullough, uh, Leonard Oliveres, and myself, Matthew Miller. So, this is kind of um, impromptu, uh, get the cry, and uh, just start writing. So that's what we're going to do. And it, it really bothered me that Lenny sent me uh, a text about what he thought it should be. And as soon as he said it, I, I realized that you mean you're reflecting death instead of resurrection. So let's get Lenny's thoughts on why he was thinking about that topic, because it was just awful strange that I was thinking about that this very morning. Uh, Lenny? Yeah, no, I just, it's just, it's just something that's been going through in my life right now with other people around me that I've seen, you know, believers too, and uh, those that are, have, have believed, but haven't been walking with God for a while. And um, I've noticed that, you know, uh, the fear of trials, going through trials, or even the fear of death, you know, uh, just, just, this is a, a topic that's been, you know, happening in my family. And I've noticed, like, you know, uh, as far as, like, I have a family member that has cancer right now. And prior to this, they um, weren't walking with the Lord. Lord. But I had a cousin that's always known about God. And it's just, um, you know, it's just crazy how God used you, that situation to bring them all closer to himself. But in the beginning, it was really hard for them. You know, there was a lot of fear. There was uh, a lot of anger. They didn't want to go through trials. They didn't understand it. But uh, as time went by, you know, God has been working in their hearts, and they they realized what God is doing. But still, it's still the fear of going through, you know, trials to the point of losing everything. And, um, you know, so it's been on my heart. And there's a, and, and there's a lot of people, you know, that, you know that, talking to my family that had that same issue. Well, I, I heartfully agree um, that it's real easy to get really discouraged uh, when trials and, well, in this case, uh, you could definitely call that a tribulation uh, with this bout with cancer. Uh, that's, that, that's, that should be considered a tribulation. We have this um, problem, all of us do, with you immediately get discouraged. You immediately think that, well, it's it's an end game, uh, whether it be uh, sickness or finances. Uh, and Lenny just put that real general. You know, when trials and tribulations uh, they hit you, and you you get discouraged, and that means that what the world is viewing when they see you, is death and not resurrection. Uh, that's when people see your discouragement. They don't see uh, that you are the victor. You are the heir. Uh, you are um, the saved. And that's what people need to see. They need to see you reflect the resurrection of Christ. Not his beating. Not his whipping. Not the scourge that ripped his flesh into ribbons. No, that's not. That is that. You are not to reflect that. You are to ref, 
reflect his resurrection. For behold, he is a resurrection and a life. And uh, it just caught me sideways. And this is the premier battle, I think, that we're going over because uh, – well, let's just take – now, the last show that Lenny and I did together, and make no mistakes about it, it was a hellfire and brimstone message, and that has its place. But uh, for once in my life, I got numerous negative responses for that. Everybody thought that uh, I was yelling at them, but curiously enough, they thought that I was using Lenny to beat them over the heads. Uh, no, ladies and gentlemen, I wasn't. Uh, Lenny and I was not talking to any one particular person. Uh, we weren't addressing anybody, and yet I got tons of responses, them saying that I did that show on their behalf. No, no, I didn't. So the reason why that show was done, uh, we was trying to kickstart your conscience. That, that's what we were trying to do. We weren't trying to beat anybody over the head uh, at all. Uh, we were just trying to uh, provoke a response in you, and sometimes that requires the paddles. You take the paddles out, you rub them together, you give them puppies full charge, and you say, all clear. And you let them have it, right there in the chest, point-blank range. Sometimes that's what it takes to get a response from somebody. You you literally have to kickstart their conscience, so... That's what it was about. It it, it it wasn't saying that we were saying that anybody was, you know, uh, running with the devil, so to speak. But so to me, it's all it's almost like a spirit of confusion had come over everybody, and they thought that. I, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you should all know me by now. If I got something to say to Johnny, I'm gonna say it to Johnny, and I'm not gonna use Lenny as a proxy or any other proxy. I'm just not gonna do it. I mean, if I'm going to uh, kick somebody's doors down, it's going to be their doors, and it's not going to be the doors to, you know, um, <laughs> some public meeting place. That's, that's not what I'm going to do, so I, I really didn't understand. It seemed like to me a spirit of confusion had come over everybody, but let's get Bryant's take on this as to uh, whether or not this is one of the particular battles that, that we're facing today that people just, uh, well… Let me just leave it at that. Bryant, uh, your comments, please. All right. So, yeah, um, sounds like a spirit of conviction ran through some people. You know, if they're uh, feeling like it applied directly to them, I've found in my own life that that probably means it applies directly to me. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow. So uh, as for the topic, I definitely feel like that is one of the battles that people face. I actually have an aunt who uh, is in remission and has been fighting uh, a losing battle with cancer for a couple years now. She actually was one of the first people uh, that I had spoke with, uh, maybe about interviewing at some point, because uh, there was times when uh, she thought she was through just to find out that the cancer had grown and uh, gained speed. And, uh, again, she's actually in remission at this point. So, yeah, the physical side uh, is a real battle as well. Um, I immediately kind of thought of 1 Peter 1, 6, and 7 when you were talking. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, 
you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory at the honor of the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, uh, again, that's just kind of what I immediately thought to when you were speaking earlier, and uh, I think that's a pretty good that's a pretty good place to to land, honestly. You know, um, there are people facing battles that are physically feeling like they are tested by the fires, you know, and we uh, a lot of times come out on the other side of that refined like gold. Well, I've had the opportunity to work in a factory where it had uh, its own foundry. Uh, we made our own parts, then machined them. So believe me, I understand the whole slagging process, which is, uh, well, one of the first things that it does is if you don't have proper protection, um, it will sterilize you on a daily basis. You'll open up those doors to get that slag off the top, ladies and gentlemen. That's just the purification process. It really doesn't matter what type of uh, media you're working with, whether it be gold or silver. There's that junk in there, you know, dirt, you know, um, uh, and there's also trace uh, elements of other things, so they have to uh, – they take a rake, and that liquid metal, they'll just pull a rake uh, across the top of it as those those contaminants float to the surface. And, it, and it's so hot uh, that uh, even through most clothing, it will uh, kill uh, the uh, sperm, uh, so it literally will sterilize you on a daily uh, daily basis, which is you know very harsh. Uh, the whole process of of being tested, but you know, I, I take umbrage uh, with that type of thought process because uh, he stated that uh, she thought that it was over. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> your Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King, uh, He is not a God of the dead. He is a God of the living, and and you all know this. So, no matter what. No matter what, uh, even if this uh, cancer is the period at the end of your sentence, uh, that's just the first sentence of the paragraph. You are immortal. Uh, you're going to live forever through Christ the King. So it, it's just this baseline uh, worldly thought pattern that I take serious, serious umbrage with. No, you can't lose. No, you can't die, literally. Uh, and it just blows me away how people have forgotten that or something. Something is terribly wrong because that's how – I mean that was drilled into my head uh, since my youth. Uh, that's why I always uh, refer to uh, my end game or however you want to put that. I would say I'm graduating. I mean that's where I'm going. I am going to paradisimo. I don't think I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I'm going to paradise. So uh, does that mean I lost or I'm dead? Uh, no, no, that doesn't mean I'm dead. <laughs> it just means that, well, I've entered into my rest. I'm just resting until, ah, uh, yes, yeah, somebody pulls the trigger on that start gun. Um, so, Lenny, your thoughts. Is, is, is this a problem with people being taught? wrong or they're not being taught that that they're going to die uh, when they're not what's what's your thoughts lenny 
Well, you know, my thoughts on this is just that most people, uh, you know, they live in the flesh too long. You know, they're they're in the flesh and that's all they see. They see their sight, taste, touch, sound, smell. All the five senses is what they're seeing of, of you know, they're not looking in the spiritual eyes. You know, they're not hearing with spiritual ears. You know, they're just reflected on what they see in front of them. You know, and a lot of times it's, you know, you can be a Christian and you could be reading your Bible you know, but but you're you're more involved in what's going on in front of you. Like you 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 might have a bank account that has a lot of money, and you're really saving for retirement, and you have a, a life insurance policy to make sure every everything is all covered. You know, for your home. But there's that fear. There's that fear of losing everything. You know, when I was talking to my cousin, man. You know, it's uh, when I when he the, you know my my cousin's wife. You know, she's the same age as me, 42 years old. And um, when they told me that this was happening, it was stage four, and they didn't realize, it, it just came on all of a sudden. You know, there was a, uh, my cousin had been in church, you know, since we were all, we all grew up together. So we all, they, they experienced everything that I experienced. They've seen all the spiritual p- demons getting cast out of people, you know, uh, my mom and everybody praying for hours at a time. You know, they've seen a lot of supernatural stuff growing up in our family. So he knows, you know, he knows about the Lord, but he wasn't walking with God. And um, he, when this happened, I kind of seen it as like, a, a, you know, a lot of people look at trials and they look at it sometimes in a negative way. But, a, but when I seen this, I seen it as, a, as God being merciful because my cousin, he all of a sudden, he, he was focused on life and death. Like, oh my gosh, you know, what about my children? What about me? What about my wife? And he was yelling and screaming at God, saying, where are you, God? You know, I haven't done anything wrong. and My wife hasn't done anything. Just angry. And then, you know, he couldn't hear from God. And then finally, you know, he wanted the uh, – she went to get some more tests, and he wanted to make sure – he was hoping that it didn't spread. And when it did spread, he was really upset, screaming at God, because he was praying to God and say, okay, God, I'll serve you. But he was thinking that if I say I serve you, then it'll go away. But it didn't. And so he was wrestling with that. And then what happened was he finally just got to a point where he just said, OK, God, I just let go. If, if you take my wife, it, your will be done. And, and then he asked the Lord into his heart. And and when I talked to him, I can tell that there was a complete conversion just by his speech, just by the way he talked before. Prior to that, you know, we, we were always close growing up, but then. As we got older, we kind of went our separate ways. And when I would see him, we're not into the same things anymore. So our conversations was, you know, kind of flat. You know, it's just because I was just into the Lord and and into the ministry and all that. So it's something that he wasn't into. He was into like baseball and football and all that. And I just couldn't relate. So but now when I heard his speech, I recognized I recognized the spirit that was in him because it's the same spirit that was in me. So I knew that there was a conversion. He had a complete day and night conversion. And I told him it's like waking up, man, because he's like all he wants to do is God's will. Now he's teaching his children how to pray. And, and, and he has four daughters. He has two twins and two other, uh, two other girls. But he was saying that his it, that he felt bad because his kids were like, Dad, why are we praying before we eat? Dad, why are we praying before we go to sleep? Dad, why are you going to church and raising your hands and praising God? Why are you doing that? And and I told him, I said, you know what, man? God is so merciful. I said, we look at the situation as, yeah, 
it's it's hard, but even out of your own mouth, you told me that if God were to have healed her, you probably still would have went on living like you were before in the past. I said, but God is so merciful that he loves your children. He loves your children so much, man. He loves them so much that he allowed these things to happen so that not just your wife, not just you, but that your children will be saved through this. Because now the, the most important thing in life is to have a relationship with God. That's, it, that's all that really matters. That's all that matters. You know, death is just the beginning. You know, it, it, we're scared of death because it's just, you know, you don't know how it's going to feel. But our hope is in Christ. I said, your children now have the ability to know who Christ is. They now have the ability to have a father, to be a head of the house, to give an example of, of who Christ is by, through you. They now have the ability to, I said, your wife now has the ability, if, you know, God forbid, if anything were to happen, she has the ability to be okay. Like she genuinely has a relationship with God. When I was speaking to her, I can tell. I can tell through these trials, God was able to work a miracle within their life. Now, without this trial, they would have been going on the same route. And who knows? You know, a lot of us say, oh, you know, uh, uh, waiting for God to come. But you're, you're the end of your life. Your last days could be when you get in that car and you get into a car accident, you're gone. That could be your end of your world. And you got to be ready at all times, man. You got to be ready. You know, if you're not ready, you you never know. You never know when, when things will happen. You just got to stay ready. You know, and I was telling my cousin, I said, you know, the main thing I told him, the main thing, brother, is is our soul. God is more concerned about your soul than he is with your flesh. Yes, he's he's merciful and he does care about your flesh, but he's more concerned about your soul. He's more concerned with your children. He loves your children so much. So much, man, so much that he's he's concerned with their soul. He loves your wife so much, so much that he's concerned with her soul. And he allowed things to happen so that you can wake up. Now, God didn't cause those things to happen, but he allowed it to happen. I said, but it was it's to bring him glory. It's to bring him because that brings him glory is that when one soul, you know, confesses God and repents and comes to the Lord that right there is what matters, not everything else, you know. And so I, I've seen even in my own family as far as like my, my you know, my um, close family, they're going through trials. And I've seen when they're going through trials, they're so worried about financial things, like people that I, I knew that were like super strong in the Lord. And then I see them not strong because of financial stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, your whole my whole life. You've always been strong. Now, when financial stuff comes, it's like you don't believe in God or like it, it, it doesn't it doesn't it, it kind of goes. It makes me wonder. I'm like, we put our trust in God, not in money. Our trust is in the Lord, not in money. You know, I think about the rich young ruler. I was talking to somebody the other day when they were having issues with this. I said, look, the rich young ruler. He followed all the Ten Commandments, man, all of them. I said, but God knows how to go directly to the heart. He said, yeah, you did all these things. Now I want you to do is I want you to give away all your riches and come and follow me, and I will give you riches in heaven. It went to the, the heart of the matter because his, he, 
you know, he probably was going to synagogue. He probably was like, you know, like a, a, a model person of, of following the Lord. People probably seen him like, look at this rich young ruler. He really loves God. He's following everything. He's doing everything right. He, you know, that's how people probably seen him like that. But see, Jesus seen right through him seen right through him because the rich young ruler was like, look, man, I've done all this. I, 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 I did all the commandments. I'm doing everything right. But God's like, okay, yeah. Okay, go sell everything and come follow me and I'll make you rich in heaven. And it spoke to the heart. You see, it's not the money that's the issue. It's the love of the money. It's the trust in money. You see, the trust in those financial things, the trust that can, that can help your, your, your flesh because that's what money deals with. It deals with the flesh. It deals with, oh, oh man, my, now I'm not going to have security in the flesh. I'm not going to have food to eat for the flesh. I'm not going to have a roof over my head for my flesh. I'm not going to have clothes to wear for my flesh. Oh, you know, like it's the same thing when you're going through trials of death. Oh, my flesh is going to die. Oh, my flesh, my flesh. And it's, wait a minute. I always tell people when I go to the parks, I tell these kids, you know, you go to a funeral, you see somebody dead. It's just a shell, dude. You see them right there. They're dead, right? I said it's a trip. It's kind of like looking at them. It's weird because they're there, but they're not there. Their flesh is there, but the person that was residing in that person is gone, man. It's gone. That lets you know that this isn't, this isn't it. What you see right there laying in that casket isn't you. The person that resides, the breath of life that was in that person is you. That's who it is. That's, we're, we're more than just this flesh. This flesh will, will go away and will go right back to dust. You know, we're here on this earth. We have to have this body because this is like an earth suit. I tell them if we were to go into space, we would have to put on a, a space suit because our bodies can't take the environment of being out in space. Well, it's the same thing of here on earth. We have this earth suit, but that's not who you are. But a lot of people live for that. And at the end, that's where it ends up right there in that casket. It's just there. It's just a shell. It's not who we are. Who we really are was the spirit, the soul that resided in that person. And so a lot of times, a lot of people get blinded by the flesh. They get blinded by these things that happen in their life. Death comes, sickness comes, all this stuff comes, and they get blinded. Wait a minute. We're more than just the flesh. We're, we're, we have a soul. We have a spirit. We're more than just this. And the main thing, the reason why Jesus came to die for us is to bring us back in relationship, bring us back to the Father, bring us back you know, we're in this corrupted flesh, man. I can't wait to shed this corrupted flesh and not have the issues and the struggles that I go through anymore. You know, I don't I just, when when I die and I get my resurrected body, I'm not going to have to worry about this flesh, the battle. It's not going to be there. You know, and this is what I was saying last time I I I I trip out when I talk to these kids and they're like Man, if God comes, I'm not going to be able to get married. I'm not going to be able to experience all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, man, look what you're saying. Do you understand what you're saying? You know, that you're saying that I'd rather be here than be with God. It just doesn't make any sense. There's a disconnect because we're so brainwashed onto living in the world, so brainwashed onto loving the things of the world, so brainwashed from since, since we're young. Since we're young, this is something that has to be unlearned, and it can only be unlearned by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. 
That's the only thing that can make you unlearn this. When I was talking to my cousin, the only thing that brought him comfort is when he finally gave in and he allowed the Holy Spirit to reside in him. And then peace came. Peace came with her. Peace came on their family. It was only when they allowed the Holy Spirit to be, re- to be in their heart, to, when they allowed Jesus as king of their life, God of their life, Lord as their life, was there, were they able to see things differently. If we continue to want to hold on to the flesh and want to hold on to what we see, there's going to be fear. There is no comfort in that. There is no comfort in your riches. There is no comfort in having home because it can all go away tomorrow. Tomorrow. Our, the main thing, man, the main thing is your soul. God is worried about your soul. Where are you going to spend eternity? Okay, this life is like a vapor. It goes away really quick. This is not it. This is not life forever. Life forever is when we are with the Father. So, I mean, that's that's my take on that. You know, I know sometimes I go a little long. I'm sorry about that. No, it's, it's, it's all right, Lenny. Um, you have no reason, no need to apologize to me. But there's a couple of things that you pointed out there, and Bryant and I just talked about this the other day, the simple fact that the spirit, the mind, and the body is basically in two verses in the Bible, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, but it's also in 1 Corinthians 15.44, and that illicitly states that what Lenny was stating is absolutely true about this space body. I appreciate that he gave that analogy, and that's that's pretty good. You could use another good one to be a deep-sea diving suit. But that verse literally states that right now you have a body for your mind. That is going to die, and God's going to give you another body. Most people call that a resurrected body. But it literally says that the next body God's going to give you is a body for your spirit. Just look up. 1 Corinthians 15.44, it states it to you quite plainly in the original text. It, it's literally what it says. So I appreciate that, that, that people get stuck in this world. They're just, they're just stuck here. And, and well, that, that can be pretty upsetting. But ladies and gentlemen, they, <laughs> we have to remember why these things, why we are, are tested um, you, you all need to write this down or, or, or maybe uh, get a plaque of it and put it on your, your counter or maybe the dashboard of your vehicle. Romans 8.28, we know that God causes all things to work together for the good. All right, to who? The criteria here is twofold. What's the first one? Those who love God. What's the second? To those who are called according to his purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, please get this through your heads. If you love God, you being a Christian in this status means, well, if you're a Christian and you love God and you're actually saved, uh, that's absolute 100% proof you have been called according to his purpose. (laughs) Because he never wanted you dead. This is why he is so patient, not willing that any should perish. But... These things being the case, there's all kinds of trials and tribulations that you're going to have to go through. 
And if you don't know this up front, then it is because someone didn't drill it into your head. You are not trained up as a child. That's the first thing it tells me. Now, if you've been saved as an adult, well, that should be a, a, a duh moment. Uh, your preacher or your teacher, whoever he might be now, he needs to, uh, well, go through some elementary uh, principles. Uh, well, some people call it core doctrines. You need to be walked through that and explained to that, well, as of right now, you're not dead nor can you die. You're going to live forever. So it's it, this is a prime prime battlefield. I think it, it, that today uh, we have this uh, you know this this thing about well it's the only way I can describe it is Al Capone Christianity. Okay, that's a lie. Okay, um, you need to understand that you have to be a Christian all the time. All right, and and there's no such thing as well, I lied because that was just business. See, it wasn't personal. I didn't lie to him personally. I lied to him just so I could make a profit. Okay? I didn't have a an affair with that person's spouse because it was nothing personal. That was just business. I just wanted to get pleasure out of it. I really don't love them. No, ladies and gentlemen, there's no differentiation between personal sins and business sins, ladies and gentlemen. It, there's no such thing as Al Capone Christianity. If you kill somebody, it, it's really personal. When you sin against somebody, that's personal. I don't care what, come to, what comes out of your mouth. You cannot explain this away as being, uh, no, it, it was just business. No, no, <laughs> no, no, it's not. And somebody really needs to step up to the bat and, and start start preaching this or teaching this, however you want to put it, because everybody needs to know that there's no such thing as Al Capone Christianity. Uh, if you're sinning, uh, you're sinning against somebody, and that ain't going to cut it. Uh, that that just don't work that way. Uh, let's take a second to uh, do a short um, spiel for everybody, I guess. Uh, Bryant uh, McCullough, you can hook up with him on Facebook, uh, Battle Study, um, and uh, Leonard Olivares. He does a couple of different formats. Uh, yeah, I'll just uh, you guys can find me at uh, Getting Understanding. I have a Getting Understanding podcast, and I also have one called Eyes Wide Open, and they're both on the Fringe Radio Network. Uh, you can either go on Spreaker, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, or uh, you know Apple. Uh, is it Apple Music or uh, and um, anywhere where they have podcasts, podcatchers? So you can go on there and, and find me anytime. But yeah, the Fringe Radio Network dot com, you know, category um, eyes wide open and uh, getting understanding. It's Fringe Radio Network dot com. So, with that being said, um, everybody, you need to to really. Uh, Realize that once you enter Christianity, you have entered, uh, proverbially speaking, the kingdom of heaven. You're you're already there, um, and you're supposed to display that to people. I mean, that's what they're supposed to see whenever they observe you. They need to see a reflection of the resurrection, not a reflection of the crucifixion. That don't work. That that doesn't cut it. Um, 
every time I, I go into a Catholic's house, you know, I just take umbrage with them. Really? Um, I hate to tell you, but he's not there. He rose. He's he's not still on the cross. Now, I do that jokingly. I'm, I'm not trying to give them a hard time. It gets the conversation started. But we have to realize that when people view you, they need to view what you are. And you're not supposed to be reflecting Al Capone. You're supposed to be reflecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, and I really can't put that any simpler than I just did. But you have this uh, gang-banger mentality. And that is a direct inversion of the gospel. Um, literally, you go from that mentality to one of complete and utter sacrifice for everybody and everything. Uh, so... Uh, everybody needs to realize that. Uh, Lenny, your comments, please. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, you're exactly right with that with that mentality of us against them. You know, uh, we have to have that mentality of no, it's it's save the world through Jesus Christ. You mean? I mean, people get offended by other people when they sin, when they're sinning and they're living in sin. But the thing is, is that they're lost. You mean? Sin has already been judged by 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 Christ. It's already been judged already. And Christ already died for those people, but a lot of times those people are lost in sin. And we have that mentality of let's go and, and, and you know, it's us against them. And it's really not, man, because there is no – when it comes to them fighting with God, there there is no battle. It's already – they've already lost, you know. Christ has already won. And so that's the the main thing is is Jesus Christ and him crucified. We need to display that, you know, with people. I was talking to my brother and he was saying that he had uh he had some um cancer that was on his nose and um he went to the doctor, got it out and he went the next day cuz it was deeper. And so he said he was upset when he went because um that when he went to the doctor the next day, they they couldn't do the surgery because there was a mix up with you know with the communication between both doctors. So he had to wait, and he told me he got very upset to the point where the doctor had to come in and be like, "Hey, man, you know that's my uh, assistant you're getting upset with," and he just like got so convicted, and because he's like, you know, I'm supposed to be displaying the love of Christ, and how do I tell this person that I'm a Christian when I just treated them like trash? You know, so he had to apologize to the person and told him, you know, I'm very sorry. You know, uh, um, I got irritated. I'm so sorry that I did that. I shouldn't act like that. I know better. I'm a you know believer in Christ, and I apologize. Accept my apology. But I'm just saying, we always, you know, if we have Christ, we got to display that. People got to see that in us because it's because that's who they're gonna see. You know, like I, I always say the um, story when I was working at this other company, and this guy was a Christian. And he was like, you know, he's seen me, and he's seen me with a ball head tattoos. So he's like, I don't want to hear none of your gangster stories. I don't want to hear none of that, right? And so he's like, all I do is play Christian music, and I listen to Christian stuff. And I'm like, cool. You know, I didn't say anything, but in my mind, I'm like, cool, I'm a Christian, so it's all good, man. You know, and the whole time he, you know, the next, you know, he started bringing in Christian rap and looking at me to see if I would have liked it or not. It was kind of, it was weird, but he was so angry. He was such an angry man. That, you know, I had touched the wrong valve, but we were going to this, this place and um, I had hit the wrong valve and he got so upset that he, uh, you know, that he hit my hand. 
and uh, was yelling at me, yelling at me, yelling. And I threw my glove, I mean, I threw my stuff down. I was ready, you know, I was like, look, man, I'm getting to the point where I feel like I need to defend myself. And I seen his countenance drop and I walked away and I called my wife and I prayed with my wife, asked her to you know, pray with me because, you know, I was upset and I didn't want to do anything, you know. And so she prayed with me. I calmed down. And then I went to him and then I told him, I said, look, man, if you, I said, look, I'm a Christian, man. And, and you, you say that you're a Christian. I go, I didn't get a chance to tell you that I was a Christian because you were so mean. You were so upset all the time. I go, but if you were my only, if you were the only person that I would ever see that was, that, that represents Christ, I wouldn't want nothing to do with him. Nothing. I would want nothing to, if, if having Christ is being like you, I don't want nothing to do with it. And so I, you know, I go, but me, I'm a believer. I have my own relationship with, with Christ. I said, for the future, please, man, please, for the future, do not tell people you're a Christian. If you're going to treat people like that, please, man, do not tell people that you're a Christian because you blaspheme, you know, you're giving the, a, a bad name to Jesus Christ. You're bearing a bad witness for Christ. Holy cow. Oh, man. Holy cow, Lenny. Um Lord have mercy. Um, you could convict uh, me of that too. Uh, <laughs> my wife could tell you, oh, you, you, you don't want to get Matthew's feathers ruffled. Um, yeah, I can act like an extreme idiot uh, once my temper has been lost. Um, Bryant, can you please come on and uh, tell everybody uh, where they can find you, how they can get a hold of your stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but thanks, Johnny, for getting it all squared away for me. So uh, to find me, you can email me at uh, followeroftheway85. That's at gmail.com. We've also started a group for the battle study. It's an upcoming show that I'm working on. Uh, kind of been turning to uh, Johnny and Matthew and Joe for some advice on that. We've got some equipment coming in. Um, so you can find that group on Facebook at, at Battle Study. <clears throat> As for the comments of what everybody's been going on, uh, if I can try to compress all this into something legible here, a few things Leonard said, you know, really hit home. Um, for sure, you know, every, everybody always talks about uh, money being the root of all evil, and I'm right there with uh, Leonard. You know, it's the love of money, the spirit almost behind it, you know, and that's kind of the focus of the battle study is, is the the spirit behind all these things. What's driving these, these, these battles in our lives? Uh, you know, you can almost always find that there's way more going on behind the scenes than what we even see on the surface. So, uh, you know, just formulating a battle plan for that. Um, another thing that he was talking about, just, you know, the, the love of this world, you know, everybody uh, seems to have it all backwards. Uh, for some reason, what came to mind when Leonard was talking about, uh, you know, these kids just wanting to uh, set these goals, you know, for their lives. And I won't be able to get married and I won't be able to own a home. And it just made me think of in 97, the Smashing Pumpkins released an album and it was called The End is the Beginning is the End. I think it was actually the soundtrack for Batman and Robin. Um, and that's just kind of where the world's at. You know, they see everything as the end, as the beginning, as the end, when really I feel like it's more the beginning is the end is the beginning. You know, we're living on this world. We're given um, this body, this flesh, and we start to just develop 
a love for the things of this world. We start to get attached to these things. <clears throat> and uh, it just kind of takes over. You know, they, uh, we go about our lives just setting these goals, you know, whether realistic goals or not. You know, we put these high expectations on the things of this world. And this world is not our home. It was never intended for this to be the permanent answer to any of our questions, you know. Um, even if you find yourself at the very end of your life, if you're right with the God, if you're, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll find the end is the beginning. You know, that's where we really get to start. Um, really have a physical relationship with, with you know, so we, we have to stop putting so much focus on these goals that we have in the house, you know, because that's all this is, is just a temporary home. It goes so much deeper. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at is just trying to help um, build an army of people that are serving God and that know how to fight these battles in the spirit. Well, I certainly agree with uh, with everything you stated. All this just just reminds me of 2 Corinthians uh, 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Uh, <laughs> I can't put it any more succinctly than that verse did. From glory to glory. We are supposed to be reflecting the resurrection. We're not supposed to be reflecting death. We're supposed to be reflecting Jesus, not Al Capone. And this thought process has got to be swept away. You, you are not living... For your retirement. That's not what you're doing. You are living for your redemption. There's a whopping big difference. I mean, right now you get so consumed with this, you know, how much can I get? Oh my goodness. I mean, I I hate to curse slam people, but the person with the most toys at the end don't win. This has got nothing to do with toys. And it's got nothing to do with how large of a money mound you've made. It, it just it just doesn't matter. And some of us have to be, well, drugged through the mud so that God, you know, reaches down in that mud, reaches down in that cesspool, grabs you by the hair of the head and jerks you out. Oh, that can be arranged. You can ask people right on this very program, and, and they'll be more than forthright with you. Oh, if God's got to do that to you, make no mistakes about it. He'll get her done. I mean, we have a very, very, very up-close-and-personal event uh, associated uh, with the Great Recession back in 2007, 2008, 2009. Uh, people on this very program could tell you intimately details. If you think you've got this big mound of money... Make no mistakes, the Lord your God could turn that into an anthill real quick. Real quick. And you just, 
you need to start acting like you're a Christian. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> when people see you and they interact with you, they don't need to be interacting with Al Capone. And I think this is – well, I guess before you can enter the battle, I think that everybody here would agree that, well, you better figure out you're a soldier first. So I think everybody just needs to figure out what they are. You're a Christian. That means you're a soldier. It's it's stated so many times throughout the scripture, it's it's redundant for me to mention it. It's it's just redundant. You're a soldier, you need to fight like it. You're a Christian, you need to look like it. You need to act like it. All the above. Lenny, um what do you think? Should we Go ahead and close this out, or should we continue the diatribe? And if so, bring up the next topic or the next point in this matter. No, I think um, um, everything has already been said. You know, um, that's that's the main thing. What I wanted to get across is just that you know, even fear through trials, we got to understand that you know that it's, it's God is using that to build you up. You know, whether whether it be even if it's coming towards death, man, it's God's worried about your soul and worried about you more than anything else. And, and you know, things are going to happen in the future and we need to put our trust and our, and our faith in Christ and not money, you know, not not trying to. I understand that we need uh, uh, people say that we need to, uh, you know, work for the future and, and to have something. And, and that's OK, but not to make that the main thing. You know, not to make that the main focus of life, because if we do, our trust isn't in the Lord, it's in our riches. And our trust needs to be in the Lord. You know, it's okay to have money, but when you, when it, but if money begins to make you fear of losing it, then that's a problem, man. That's a problem. We have to get, you know, our spiritual, you know, our spiritual heart right with God. That's what needs to be done first. You know, and if God wants to bless you with money, by all means, you know, it's good. But we have to be humble. Some people can't handle it, you know, and, and if we ask God, God, let your will be done, then we should expect that God's will will be done. And we, we need to accept whatever that may be, you know, and um, not be upset about it, but just look for what God is trying to do in your life. You know, just trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. There's going to be trials that are going to come up. If you're a believer of God, the enemy is going to attack you 100%. He's going to try to do his best to, to knock you off, to knock you off course, to get you off focus of God. Just stay focused on the Lord, man. Stay focused on God, you know, and God will get you through everything, everything. All right. Bryant, can you come on for your closing comments, please? But if you have another point you'd like to address, by all means, we can do that. All right. So, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I'm I just couldn't agree with you guys more. As far as I'm concerned, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.